So, Kaylee, I I noticed that um, New York gets attacked quite a lot mm. in Marvel, doesn't poor old New York. Um, <laughs> I don't know why New York's always chosen, but what other cities do you think we need to protect as as our own superheroes or the superheroes that we know? Like, what other cities should they protect? Do you think? Well, I think an obvious one would be London, Fair London. Um, Does it need protecting? Well. <laughs> Do we I mean, not have enough, like, um, people to do that for it? So is the question, which cities are most vulnerable to attack? Because that's a very strange question. Um, I'm, just, I'm, thro- I'm throwing random bits of feedback at you as you speak. So <laughs> I think it needs protecting because it's, it's got lots of lovely history. It would look great on camera because it's got lots of different, like, vibes. Like, lots of diff- you could, it would feel like you're in lots of different locations because you could go from, like, you know, like the old worldy bits of London to the very industrial bits of London. Like, imagine, like, a bit in Canary Wharf. You'd be like, I don't care if this bit gets smashed up. because <laughs> It is very varied, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's why New York does get chosen is that it's a bit more uniform. Mm. in its style like you you kind of like whatever street you're on you're like oh that's New York whereas in a street in London unless you've got like St Paul's right there then you're not necessarily 100% that it's London are you and London's had its fair share of disasters it's had the great fire and the great plague and there's been there was wasn't there some kind of peasant revolt in like the 1300s or something that's not a natural disaster but was it the great peasant revolt because it seems like we love (laughs) you're asking me like I was there I don't know I don't don't know how old you are (laughs) um the blitz um anti-vax demonstrations all these disasters so Yeah. yeah That would be a good one. And then yeah, I guess you could look at like beautiful cities that need protecting from as, as a I love how that's different to London. You're like there's London or there's a beautiful city. Well no, no, I think London is beautiful, but I know obviously some cities are just famed for their beauty, like Florence. So much artwork there would be devastating if that got ripped up. Munich, I think, is very pretty. Oh, I've never been. I want to go. Yeah, I didn't go for I didn't go for the beer festival, which I know is it probably isn't very nice then but <laughs> when I went it was looking good and like other cities in Germany are very pretty where else have I even been San Francisco let's protect that mm, and that's quite cinematic because of all the hills and that like yeah you can, you can I, I imagine like a really good shot of a sort of like a flying superhero um and you shoot it from like the top of the hills and you can see everything from there can't you we've obviously done like a few cities in around the world thanks to Doctor Strange that's true. But That's we true. never really, around. we never really go into continents like Africa, really. Um, That's, the, that's um, what Black Panther's for, I guess. I know, I guess he just protects all I'm of I'm not it. saying that, that's Marvel saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he doesn't even protect them. He's rubbish. He just protects Wakanda at the moment. So mm. Australia, they don't get any action. In fact, they've never been attacked, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So They're just sitting there all happy on their little island on the other side of the world and they just don't get attacked because they're <laughs> a bit more isolated. We're much more densely packed. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And we rarely go into Asia, really, do we? Mm, mm. Which is weird because, um, well, I find in, in a lot of like Western superhero films, there will be a section at the beginning where a, a very famous Asian city might get attacked and destroyed, but then it'll go to America and America will be like, ah, we can we can defend ourselves. America, America. Yeah, America. Up like Asia, that would be terrible. America, <laughs> fuck yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. It's very but, team America, yeah. 
But then Tokyo is very, very cinematic because it's had all the Godzilla films over the years. So very true. If anyone needs protecting, it's Godzilla's number one haunt, I would say. Yeah, I feel like they were just sleeping on Tokyo here. (laughs) (laughs) They let so many things go wrong. And we've never really gone into India, really, at all. Mm. Well, like India always gets attacked, but it's always the Taj Mahal. It's never any other bit of India. (laughs) Nothing else exists. (laughs) They pick the most famous landmarks. You're like, ah. India. Well, that is very Team America again, isn't it? Like with the um the pyramids in Egypt. <laughs> and the and the Eiffel Tower coming down and yeah. yeah. I, I imagine Rome or Athens being quite good because you can mm. like get have a whole sort of storyline around like the, the ancient gods and stuff. Not that well, there are other like ancient gods in other parts of the world, but obviously the um the classical world one's probably like the most well known. Oh, yeah, oh. and I guess you've still got the the very we all have an idea of what they look like with the architecture in place. So with that there. Mm-hmm. It'll be cool to have one around the time of the Olympics with the Olympic flame and all that malarkey. Mm. Tokyo and um, Tokyo Olympics under attack by Godzilla. Dun, dun, dun. It doesn't have to be Godzilla. Maybe Godzilla's No, it doesn't no. <laughs> <laughs> There's other reference. creatures in the mythos, isn't there? So there is is it Mofra and well she doesn't really attack. King Kadora. King Kadora. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla's sort of like a grey area. Sometimes he's good. Morally, um, like a moral ping pong ball. <laughs> he is. <laughs> bounce, 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 um, bounce. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of cities. I do think Europe would be an interesting one because there, every city in Europe looks so distinguished from the others. Distinct. I agree. Yeah, yeah. you get. Um, I think. Uh, like Paris, I think I just said like London. You're never 100 certain if it is London if you just see a picture. But Paris, you do. There's something about it where you're like, that's Paris. Like, yeah, there's the streets and the couples and the I don't know. It's got like very everyone looks very cool. Um, I would recommend Barcelona for right. its very functional grid system. So you can to get around um, the very scenic mountains all around it. Um, and the general loveliness of the city. I've heard Tallinn in Estonia is very, I've not been there, but I've seen pictures and it looks, it looks very pretty. And it's got mm. like kind of like a mix of very industrial, I don't know, Eastern European, like, ooh, sort mm. of like, like all those abandoned buildings yeah. and stuff. And then the very pretty, like quaint is my word for it. It's very quaint. Right. Yeah, like, it's, um, it's the very sort of picturesque idyllic kind of look to it yeah. isn't it yeah yeah no I've not been either but um I would like to I feel I I see pictures like that and I think of Stockholm when I was in Stockholm the old city um has that sort of oldie worldy feel to it mm. um sometimes you wonder if you're in like a theme park because it's kind of it's so well kept you're kind of like like this 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 has only recently been built surely <laughs> but actually it is quite old stuff they just look after it really really well maybe they should do it in a theme park is it Sweden land? No, it's in like Disney World under attack and the Marvel superheroes Ooh. come and save them. Yeah, well, I guess I guess Jurassic Park's cornered that storyline a little bit. Very true. Although it doesn't happen. Like, you're, you're like, maybe a, a disaster in a theme park. That's never been done before. <laughs> I know, but I was thinking Disney World and then I was like, but what would the equivalent be of the dinosaurs? It would be the, the ride mechanics, I guess. The, the the robots or the, yeah. the um all the it's a small world um figurines sort of oh, yeah. break out and rebel and they go we're done with singing that goddamn song ah. no more no more that's very um simpsons did it simpsons did simpsons it, did it. <laughs> simpsons did it yeah hello and welcome to the marvel virgin a podcast all about the marvel cinematic universe my name is paul and i'm a marvel virgin 
And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time. And with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not so good aspects of the MCU and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Shall we talk about our gal, Jessica? Yes, let's do it. And see what shenanigans she's been up to. More drinking, more punching, I'm going to guess. Oh, that Jessica. (laughs) What is she like, eh? What did you think of season two? You were a big fan of season one and you were quite a big, big fan. Yeah, yeah. I I really like season two. I I think it carried on, it carried on pretty much being the best of the Netflix series, in my personal opinion. I think it told the story is maybe not as scary as the season one. I think season one's biggest strength was that it was genuinely very terrifying. Yeah. But season two was less scary. However, it still told its story really well and it was quite involving sometimes. Uh, well, most of the time. Um, but they used the characters in different ways. I liked all the side storylines, most mm. of all. And I feel like they, although they weren't always completely relevant to the main storyline, they synced up really well thematically created this sort of network of characters all in weirdly similar situations but like dealing with it in different ways and you know Kristen Ritter's just such a good actress as Jessica isn't she and the woman who plays Trish I thought was really really good she gets a lot this season yeah it's I agree it's very it's strong I'd say it's weaker than the first series just because it had such a compelling villain and I think that was a big part of why it was so scary because it was something that people could relate to like this idea of someone getting inside your head and abuse and coercive control whereas this feels a bit less <laughs> less um universal less like less relatable as it were yeah I think I think what they were doing was um we've talked a bit I think in the Spider-Man one we talked about how the the villains are becoming more like the people around us like yeah. human beings doing things the wrong way or in Black Panther where there is a, a villain but he you're not completely against him you're kind of you're against his means rather than his ends um and how there isn't that easily defined dichotomy between good and evil at the moment and I think they were trying to follow that route Mm -hmm. in there because the villain of the piece and I use um speech marks here with my little fingers is either Jessica's mother who is really more of a victim than Mm -hmm. anything or the doctor who created her, but even he's not, he's not like a crazy mad scientist or anything like that. He's just a bit of an imbecile, really, who kind of went <laughs> a bit too far and thought he was trying to create Help technology people. that was good, but he's inadvertently created people who are very dangerous and unstable. Mm-hmm. So th- there isn't really a full villain this time, which I think I see what they were trying to do, but maybe mm-hmm. it needed a little bit more villainous in the st- I don't know. Maybe it did. I, but or I don't know. I don't really know what they would have done. But it was. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. Like I'm just. Like, it's still above many of the others. Like I just think season one was like top, 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 and this is like <laughs> top ish. Yeah. Top ish. <laughs> just one top rather than like top, 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 top. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't brought Je- Jessica Jones as a whole um, thing. Um, it hasn't brought it down, in my opinion. It's still no. really yeah. great, and I really look forward to season three. But um, yeah, not as 
strong as say if you're going into specific seasons not as strong as season one and not maybe not quite as strong as daredevil season two which i mm-hmm. thought was also really really good but you know it was ex- it was great viewing i lo- i loved hogarth's storyline when she it, like the way she has um uh the motor neuron uh disease and then she gets cons but then she gets her revenge on the con artist i was like oh, that's so cool <laughs> She's don't mess with her. I don't know why people ever do. <laughs> it's like, do not mess with her girl. She will fuck you. There, up. there are so many people who are like, you know what? Let's get lots of money out of her. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you've made a huge mistake. <laughs> You're gonna have a fate worse than death. You are. <laughs> or just death. Both are bad. <laughs> so our girl Jessica, she's um she killed Kilgrave all that time ago. She's had a little adventure with the defenders. Um, and made yes, some friends yeah. there and she's kind of being considered a vigilante by people she's now known by mm. people and she ain't liking it very much she kind of reminds me do you remember that terrible will smith film hancock i never watched that uh so he was like a superhero who drinks all the time but he has to drink to control i can't know to control his powers or something and he's just like right. a mess and i was like i i need to look into it and see which one i'm pretty sure jessica jones came first but I had a similar thing, like people were like, oh my God, Hancock, and he's just wasted and mm. doesn't really enjoy being a superhero. It's that sort of vibe. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah, she she kind of, she wants to do the good things, superhero things, but she doesn't want the recognition. She wants people to leave her alone because yeah. she's, she's got a sort of, um, a bit of a sociopathic streak, I guess <laughs> you could yeah. say. She's um, an introvert. Let's call her that. <laughs> introvert, intro, introvert, and I sometimes did wonder about because she she drinks an immense amount, and I guess her it's suggested to me anyway that her body can handle it because she's like superhuman and stuff. Um, and I suppose suggesting that she's like a functioning alcoholic or something like it's because she chooses yeah. to, but I don't know how much it was maybe glorify or glamorizing heavy it's- drinking. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I wouldn't say she's an, she is aspirational in lots of ways, but I wouldn't call her aspirational traditionally. I would call her more of an anti-hero than a hero. Mm. She's clearly self-medicating like trauma and all those awful things she's been through. But I do think it's something they probably need to address. Yeah, I I wondered about that because sometimes if it's not addressed, even if they're not the most aspirational characters, if they look good Mm. and they're kind of cool while they're doing it it makes it the the drinking seem really cool maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit sort of too woke and snowflakey about it but um it crossed my mind it's the same with smoking isn't it they say if people see smoking on screen it's more likely to encourage smoking so that's why they did that ban on like cigarettes on tv shows and before a certain time I I, I kind of agree that did you remember that campaign they did it on Instagram it's very clever it was this, Instagram account of a very glamorous influencer and just doing lots of like amazing different things mm. but you never realized in every picture there was a she had alcohol oh, okay they did a post like she's a she's a functioning alcoholic and you guys didn't realize because mm. <laughs> I would be her like she seems very cool and it was all about I guess interrogating what's really going on behind those pictures and those scenes so so did she yeah. deliberately put like an alcohol in there somewhere well, yeah, she was. It was all part of this alcohol awareness campaign. So it was a long, a long game they played, but it was very clever, I thought. Mm. So I don't think anyone would ever say, "Oh, Jessica Jones doesn't have a problem with alcohol," but I do think 
they probably need to call it out and have her go to AA or something. Yeah, yeah, at some point, because um, I mean, maybe maybe her superhuman body can handle it. But for a normal human being, that's a very, very unhealthy amount of drink. <laughs> yeah. And it seems to sort of fill her with com- like it's always giving her what she wants, like, oh, I'm more confident now. Or, I'm going to take this slug of this whiskey before I go and punch someone in the face. And, and even just like, oh, I'm in I'm a bit feeling a bit moody and grumpy right now. Whiskey. Like it's yeah. it, I'm like, that's that's not a healthy coping mechanism, I don't think. Or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not an expert on it, um, but I don't <laughs> I think, think you can all assume it looks like it's not a healthy coping mechanism. I've, I've, <laughs> I've looked at the evidence and... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think turning to anything in those situations, like even if you just were like, I'm going to eat a Freddo bar every time I'm feeling sad, that probably would be an unhealthy coping mechanism too. So Yeah, maybe not as unhealthy as like a bottle of whiskey, but, you know, a Freddo bar... Uh, but you're still leaning on it. It's still a little crutch. Yeah, yeah. A very little tempe crutch. <laughs> Maybe a chocolate orange, because that's at least got like orange vitamins in it. Delicious. Now I really want a chocolate orange. <laughs> One of your five a day and a coping mechanism. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Done. We've solved it. The other character, we got our old characters back. So Trish is back and she, mm-hmm. she goes through the ringer in this season, doesn't she? She really does. <laughs> um hogarth is back um both yay and ah and malcolm is back and he's beefed up oh yeah considerably good this season does he not he does look good yeah um but i think it was interesting we'll go into it when we go into plot but when i first saw him i was like oh this actor's beefed up he's you know trying to like add an extra i don't know selling point to him like a lot of actors do but actually I think the work him you see you see Malcolm working out very hard and actually I think it's quite integral to his character arc that he does it you've been through a lot like we always say Mm. when these people have been through a lot they should be preparing for it to happen again like uh nightness we were saying why is she not why is she not doing anything why is she not beefing up but yeah it makes sense. She's, she's just sort of in the background going, ugh, superheroes, ugh, like that. And <laughs> whereas I was like, surely you want to develop her a bit here. <laughs> she maybe needs to take some some of this knowledge on board, take it away of her. And we have a couple of uh, new characters. So as well as Jessica's mum and the doctor who created her, who we'll go into a little bit later on, we have um, ne- Jessica has a new neighbour and la- love interest called Aro- Arocho, Oscar Arocho, mm. um, who's a very nice guy. And also, I quite enjoyed this, a sort of arch rival called Cheng, who's also a PI, yeah. a very big, rich PI company, but he's a like, a, what's the name of the rival in Pokemon? Oh my god! And you, always, you always boo and hiss him whenever he comes on. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to meet you." Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but yeah, it's a very good analogy. <laughs> Is that kind of thing? I was like, "Yes, that's I love that. That's such a fun idea." <laughs> <laughs> the two babies who glare at each other in The Simpsons. Yes, yes, the baby <laughs> with the one eyebrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica's Maggie. And I quite liked that they do they do do little references to Kilgrave, and she still sees him, and uh, especially when she's doing her morally questionable stuff, because there's there's more long term repercussions of what she went through with him, because what she went through with him was so similar to everyday domestic abuse. So mm. to have that uh, repercussion going forwards is I quite quite good and then one of the police officers he is very loyal to her despite her being quite disrespectful towards police officers and he says it's because 
he was there in the police station when Kilgrave got everyone to turn the guns on themselves. And mm. he himself must be quite like traumatized and horrified and must really like Jessica for getting rid of this guy. So I like that there's that kind of tying tying the season it to season one, but um you know, they're moving forward at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need that little you couldn't just move on and be like, what? Who's Kilgrave? <laughs> you needed him to Kilgrave is dead, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Everyone's fine now. Yeah, no, his presence <laughs> needs to be felt. And you can tell that everyone's still feeling damaged. I look at Trish. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, yeah. We'll go into that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jesus Christ, she goes through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, well, it kind of starts off with Trish, the whole storyline. She is having her ratings on her radio show are falling. And uh, so she needs like a big case, to, uh, like investigatory kind of case for her radio show. And um, so she's trying to talk Jessica into investigating a company called IG Hate, which isn't the most catchy combination of letters, but never mind. Um, remember, right? I, I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it just looks like something someone would say in a comic book if they've been punched in the face. Like, IG Hate, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, not, it's not quite as catchy as IBM or anything, but no. <laughs> never mind. Um, All the good letters were taken, maybe. Um, but Jessica, IGH gave Jessica her powers, but Jessica is reluctant to go into it. I guess she's worried about what it might uncover. And she's already been through a lot. So she knows this is going to take her through um, other things. However, another person who, who has superpowers approaches Jessica and then they wind up mysteriously dead. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. She suspects that it's um, Simpson, the guy from season one, um, who has also been experimented on, but he also ends up dead, so it can't possibly be him. So someone at IGH is killing people off to keep their work quiet, basically, mm. which is a very, very uh, film noir, private investigatory starter offer. It is, especially if like the, the lights go off and someone gets killed. It's very... Oh, yeah. Matt, who did that? <laughs> Jessica's investigations lead her to a nurse called Inez Green. And she event gets, and Inez Green is kind of in hiding and is very scared of the work at IGH being found out because she's, yeah. she's seen some shit. It's so just she, like everyone else in this series. <laughs> like everyone else in this, yeah. <laughs> to, trauma's a recurring theme here. <laughs> it is, it's a big deal. <laughs> uh, Jessica manages to get Hogarth to kind of keep Inez Green safe. And um, and then that's a storyline that we'll deal with a little bit later on. Through Inez Green's info, Jessica eventually finds a man called Dr. Carl Marlis and a mysterious and dangerous woman who also has powers. And this is Jessica Jones's mother. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> a real Darth Vader moment there. It was. Uh, and so Jessica thought that all her family had died in a car crash and then the company IGH had then like got her better, but also given her superpowers. However, it turns out her mother also has that, but she's also, she doesn't recognize her mother because she, her appearance has changed so much as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she was like a little meatball head at one point, wasn't she? That's not what we call people who've been in car crashes, Kaylee. <laughs> well, no, but she doesn't look like a normal, she doesn't like a, no, it doesn't look realistic. She looks like a super villain alien, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's it's one of those things where they wake up and they go, I'm deformed. Ah. Yeah, and you're like, you're clearly just wearing a fake head on top of your head. <laughs> it didn't look like, oh, this is tragic. That looked like, Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone, to be fair, it was a shock to fans as well, because in the comic books, her family do all die in a car crash. So we were all like, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> so the comic books have played around with the, the the canon. I thought it was a good idea. Like it's good. I, I I thought this was because Jessica Jones is such a good character. She is a character where you do want to explore their past a little bit more. Whereas some characters sometimes you're like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> but Jessica, you do. Yeah. I do actually think what you just said was interesting. I feel like when when you have burns victims and scarring portrayed on screen, it's so often associated with evil and insanity. It really isn't a very good representation. And they don't make it look realistic or like what people would look like in these situations. It is just like, a monster! I think that's why it's quite good that we've, we've seen, like I said, in Black Panther and in Spider-Man, we're seeing villains being relatively like the sort of people that you just bump into in the street and don't don't sort of think about because there's nothing particularly striking about them hmm. whereas um you know yeah it's especially in the superhero genre it's so tempting to be like right so this villain they got a scar on their face and that sent them mad mad i tell you <laughs> <laughs> because I, people with scars are all mad and dangerous like, i mean other than deadpool i can't think of any superheroes on screen that have had scarring and long-lasting damage from they normally just sort of take a punch to the waist or oh I've been shot or oh, I've got a really fetching like eyebrow scar but they don't really end up with any actual scarring or they might have a scar on their torso that's usually covered up and they'll they'll show it to be like look what I've been through and then they'll cover it back up again and a love interest will stroke it and they'll wince and then they'll have sex that's pretty yeah. much the scar <laughs> in the world of Hollywood but we've all been there <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be nice for them to have you know I, I, just, I just think it's not very nice that they always present them as monsters. I agree. And it's that whole thing of like villain, like the good guys have to look perfect. And then the villains are, it's like, we've talked about it in, um, in Roald Dahl. Like, as much as I love Roald Dahl, he was quite bad for this. He was like, Aunt Sponge was enormously fat, disgustingly fat, in fact. And Aunt Spike was disgustingly thin and weird. Whereas James was a beautiful little boy who looked perfect <laughs> in every way and therefore is good. And it's that kind of, hmm. it makes it kind of subconsciously makes anyone who does not fit the aesthetic bill, um, suddenly they're like disgusting in some way or potentially yeah. frightening in some way. And it's, yeah, it's just- well, they, got, they got done for that, didn't they? With the, the new Witches remake, because mm -hmm. they gave mm -hmm. the witches a deformity that wasn't, I mean, it's already bad enough that they're like, all bold women are witches. But in this one it's like, and deformed women. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't, I don't know that that was a great, they look so lovely and feminine. Oh no, they're not feminine, they're witches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and witches great. are always like haggard elderly women or yeah. they're, they're ugly or scarred in some way. I mean, I guess- there's... What is that line, isn't there? And it was the buzz where she's like, she shades Dorothy. She's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? She's like, what? She's like, are you a good witch or a bad witch? And she's like, oh, bad witches are ugly. And you're like, what did, what did you just say to her? You're so mean. <laughs> Dorothy should be like, well, I'm obviously a good witch. You bitch. <laughs> How dare you? And I have inner beauty, which is not what you have, Glinda. But I guess, I guess, like her, like Jessica Jones's mum gets a lot of like facial sort of reconstruction and skin grafting and things like that. So she doesn't have any visible scarring. So, but yeah, like you said, it's she's very been... magical again, isn't it? No visible scar. It's just it's like a different face was put on her face. It's a bit. It's very um, soap opera y. Like yes. I've had plastic surgery on my nose, and I'm a brand new actor playing the same role. <laughs> it's about lives. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Marlis and Jessica Jones's mom, they have quite an odd relationship. Like they're kind of reliant on each other. I'm I'm hesitant to say they're in love with each other. I don't think they are. I, I think, think they think they are. 
Yeah, and I think it's more like a, a desperate reliance on each other because he has drugs that can keep her. So basically, she doesn't have a lot of control over herself. If she loses her temper, she'll kill someone. Basically, mm -hmm. she's like a, you know, she's she's like a sort of a, a bear. Um, oh, she's a mama bear. Who, she's a mama um, bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she's she's fine, but then she feels threatened, she'll just lash out without thinking. A bit like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, like she's very hulky, yeah. But there's no warning, there's no that, oh, I'm green now, so watch out. It's just like, now nah, I kill you. <laughs> and Hulk punches people in a really lovely Disney kind of way, whereas she she literally tears people apart and there's blood and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite literally blood and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great, you don't want to get on her bad side. Um, but he has obviously drugs and stuff that can keep her calm and under control, but it's a bit of a it's a bit of a toxic relationship because of that reliance. Like she can't just sort of go out on her own for long periods and stuff. She needs him to be around. And then he's an interesting character because like I said, he's not like a crazy mad scientist, but he is doing stupid things with science. It, like super dangerous things with science. He's crazy, stupid scientist. <laughs> he's crazy, he's crazy, stupid love scientist. Yeah. Um, but he also, I got the impression that he kind of enjoys the reliance that she has on him. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's what I was getting from it. But it's not in a Kilgrave kind of way. It's a little bit more of a insecure, maybe insidious kind of way. More palatable, I suppose, in public society. This whole mm. idea of like, oh, the damsel in distress. and He cares for her. Was a loving husband. And yeah. But, but that is something that happens if you date someone with mental health problems, isn't it? Because you mm. do end up feeling like, they need you and then you, you you can become trapped even if you want someone, to. someone with mental health uh problems who are not who is not um dealing with it in the way that they should be that's yeah. what i mean yeah sorry yeah like, like if someone's maybe. struggling with like something and they refuse to get help it's not up to you to fix them they should you can't lead a horse to water mm. i think is the phrase but then there's that kind of gaslighting kind of uh, direction where like one per like let's say in a in a, a couple one person does maybe need therapy or something to help them but the other person is saying to them no no i can do it for you you don't need all that i'll mm -hmm. look after you and that and then sort of convincing them that they need them in that yeah. respect and that that is um that's very uncomfortable and horrible to have in life but there you go it happens um some, yeah i think some people just need to feel needed don't they they surely do they surely surely do we get a little flashback i enjoyed this flashback episode like usually the mid the mid-season netflix episode is a flashback usually i'm like oh god the plot's ground to a halt but this one was quite good i thought <laughs> <laughs> it's normally much more miserable as well yeah yeah and it was quite nice seeing jessica younger and it and seeing her actually quite nice and sweet and naive um mm. and then you by the end of it you kind of get like you don't see her transition but you get to see you, un you kind of understand why she ends up so much more misanthropic um, yes for sure as she goes along but she we see a flashback and she's dating a guy um uh and after jessica's mum got out of the hospital having had her, her given the powers and uh, you know facial uh, reconfiguration all that sort of thing um she escapes the hospital uh, to try and find her daughter and when she does she sees jessica's boyfriend in an alleyway who he's being threatened by gangsters and he's like oh they take my girl use her in payment like because he owes them money and stuff and he basically was 
about to exploit her. I'm not convinced that he was. I think he was just saying that to get rid of the gangsters. Well, we never, we'll never know because we we'll can't never... ask him. Sadly. Exactly, exactly. Because Jessica's mum obviously loses her temper um, because she's mama bear and smashes his head against the brick wall. <laughs> she's like, it's like a Humpty Dumpty moment right there. Doesn't end well for mm. anyone. So just what we're seeing here is that uh, Jessica's mum realises herself that she needs to be sort of permanently sedated um, yes. <laughs> um but also that we also see that jessica's relationships none of them end well because this the guy got killed yeah and then Kilgrave comes along a bit later on in her life i think also you can kind of see why she went down this path of vigilanteism as well because she doesn't really know what happened from her perspective this guy just got randomly killed whilst going yeah. to the toilet um so yeah um she does I can't remember does she find out that yeah her mum tells her in the yeah. end that she did it doesn't she yeah 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 but I that's good to that get that closure I guess it feels very Bruce Wayne where he kills everyone to be like he imagines everyone he kills to be the person who killed his parents type of mm. and she genuinely liked this guy as well like this was a, quite a genuine relationship and he was quite he was very loving towards her and very yeah. nice he just obviously made some bad decisions with gangsters <laughs> Yeah, well, who hasn't made bad decisions with gangsters? And I guess you kind of see that her leather jacket is almost like a tribute to him. Yes, yes, you get a whole legend behind the leather jacket, which is quite good as well. Yeah, always enjoy that. It's like um, in one of the Tomb Raider games, you see Lara Croft pick up the backpack and you're like, ah, oh, that's where the backpack comes oh. from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was an amazing moment. That magical um, Mary Poppins backpack. <laughs> yes. Jessica Jones's mum, uh, she wants to build up a relationship with Jessica. Like she's, she she can fly off the handle, but her her human personality and her love for Jessica is still there. Obviously this is a bit tricky. We get a couple of episodes where the two of them are kind of working together. So they're trying to escape Cheng, the um, private investigator rival, because he wants to kill her because she killed one of his investigators in a really nasty way. Yes. Um, and they also work together because um, Orocho, the love interest for Jessica, he has a son and the ex-wife is trying to steal the son, even though she doesn't have custody of him. Um, so they sort of help him with that as well. So you get a bit of teamwork from them. You see the potential there when she's away from Dr. Marlis, oddly enough. The Jones women could have taken over the world, really. Which I guess goes back to what we were saying about how the relationship between Marlis and Jessica's mum is not very beneficial it's quite a toxic one even though it's not very obviously so uh, and actually it's better for her to come away have like find a way to deal with her emotions but like away from him they both need some time mum the, the her mum eventually lets herself get arrested um because she feels like she needs to but jessica jones ends up killing her prison guard because he is abusing her so that went well <laughs> <laughs> She made it look like a suicide. It's fine. She's racked with guilt. And of course goes for the whiskey bottle with that guilt. Yes. Well, what else could you do in that situation, Jessica? I know. Talking exactly. about your feelings is so overrated. This then brings us on to Trisha's storyline. And like I said, she, she goes through the ringer. So she's got these declining ratings, which is why she's trying to persuade Jessica Jones to expose IGH. And then she can then put this all on the radio show and be like, I am, I'm relevant, la 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 la. She blackmails an ex-colleague who had a sexual relationship with her when she was a child actress in order to get information that he has to help her. Which is very dark. Which is very dark in itself. Um, 
uh, she gets addicted to the drug that Simpson had because she mm-hmm. feels powerful with it. Mm-hmm. She's in a relationship, but turns down the proposal. And on top of all that, she then, when she discovers that Dr. Malus makes people with powers, she wants him to give her powers. Yeah, it kind of, at the beginning, when she they first meet up with Simpson again, it kind of makes sense that she wants a little bit of power because she's scared and mm. feels vulnerable. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that. But then she's obviously had problems with addiction in the past, which we explore. Yeah. And like, if you've got an addictive personality, it's like, it's not some, again, it's not something you cure, is it? It's something you have to maintain or, con- like, you have to work exactly. on it I think the, the, um, the counterpoint is Malcolm, who is kind of, he's in the process of acknowledging that his drug addiction will always be with him um, yes. through his whole life, but he's, managing it I that's where the working out comes in and mm-hmm. uh work and working for a living and he's trying there's some instances where he's trying to rebuild relationships and he is trying to yeah rebuild his life along with this added drug addiction whereas Trish is not dealing with it well she's also coupled with that probably got a lot of uh, mental health problems as a result of her mother and also oh, yeah. like having having obviously had underage sex as a child actress, um, this is obviously still haunting her. And so I can see why she would want to have powers to make her feel more powerful, more in control, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Because I guess she's constantly reminded that the only reason she has her wealth and her fame and her prestige is because her mother and various men helped her with it. Helped her, in quotes. Helped her, yeah. And I suppose she might want to feel like she has earned it which she has because she works hard but like Mm. rather have earned it through nicer ways yeah it's (laughs) so sad because obviously she has that have you seen the film network yeah 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 she has that moment doesn't she where she goes a bit crazy on Mm -hmm. camera and then like network they're like oh this is great for ratings go crazy on camera all the time but yeah yeah yes that's the thing she goes crazy on the radio show and then um because she's addicted to drugs and going a bit off the rails and then um the like some producers want her to do one of one of those like really really angry shows where people shout and stuff but that doesn't quite go to plan with her well next she's sort of coming down isn't she from because she hasn't got any drugs though so she's just sat there almost catatonic so she can only do it when she's um yeah taking a big puff of that asthma pump thing that they they use yeah yeah, yeah. so she goes to dr marla she's like make me powerful um and jessica tries to prevent this and she kind of does but also doesn't like she she stops it but it's already kind of started the process and then dr marla kills himself which I, I i i felt like that did not that was the one bit of the story where I was like, oh, okay, that happened. I know, um, he's just very like, I'm evil. I killed myself in my laboratory. I was like, oh, really? There okay. wasn't much lead up to No, it. Like, I feel like we needed more of him seeing, like, reckon, reckoning with everything he's done throughout the series rather than just like, oh, what am I? Because he had lots of evidence before that he was not a good person. <laughs> it's yeah. not like he, this was the one final straw. There were so many straws. Yeah, there was the one, but I guess he needed to to in order for the the final denouement to happen. Yes. But yeah, it was it was a bit out of the blue that one. <laughs> I feel like they could have done you know the final if they'd had like 
you know when people lash out at each other like keep mm. doing it and Trish, Trish accidentally kills him by like being too strong or something like that but yeah like he he then he would he dies by his own hand but it's Trish's hand that he's created or something along those lines maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been, had a bit more poetic justice there. But no, he does it himself. He blows up his whole laboratory, doesn't he? He does indeed, yeah. And, it's and so it's quite dramatic. <laughs> That's where the budget went this season. Obviously, Jessica's mum is absolutely devastated and furious. So she escapes prison. She attacks Trish because she blames Trish for it. Um, well, I guess she did kidnap him, but... Yeah, yeah, I guess. I Again, I think that your idea that Trish kills actually directly kills him yeah. probably would have made more sense there. Um, it wouldn't have, because at this time I'm like, well, you know he killed himself. You know yeah. that. So yeah. I don't know why you're going mad. It seems silly. Like, I know you're it a very emotional person, but like maybe have, stop and think for a moment. Yeah, have a moment. Just sit down, have a tea, have a little biscuit. <laughs> um, so Jessica's kind of protecting Trish, but her and Trish are also like upset with each other. And it all kind of, and so... Jessica's mum and Jessica decide to like flee the country um, because her mum just cannot be here. Like she's just too dangerous. Well, at all... first her mum kidnaps her. Oh yes, she does. She kidnaps her. But then they start working. Well, Jessica starts trying to help her because she's like, I need to get my mum out of the picture here. Yeah. <laughs> but they all ends up back at um, this theme park that Jessica and her mum used to visit as family, which is the, that's that's the poetic justice that we need. There is that it, would, <laughs> um, and it's Trish who kills the mum. Very good aim. Yeah, very good aim. Shockingly good aim, actually. But is that not the new powers that she? Has yes, acquired? I know, but it is like because you don't know about the powers at that point, do you? So you're just sort of like, what? She just shot her with a pistol. She's on mm. top of a Ferris wheel. She's on the floor. I'm confused. Yeah. But yeah, that was not- it was on the Ferris wheel, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Well, I guess, yeah, Trish Trish has not quite realised that she has those powers. She she has the power of aim. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a handy one. I'm not gonna, not gonna knock it. It is if you're Robin Hood, but maybe <laughs> not if maybe not in this modern time so much. What are you saying? Look at Hawkeye, it works for him. There's Deadshot as well, isn't there? Who? Deadshot. Have I made that up? There's a character called Deadshot. Don't make me doubt myself. You just you just made up a thing there. No, it's real. Um, yeah, he well, he's DC, so I shouldn't really have mentioned him. I'm so sorry. He's <gasps> oh, <laughs> God. I, oh, I can I can hear the police arriving now. They will, no, no, stop. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. We were talking about DC before we got into this. It's not my fault. They was in Su- Suicide Squad. Oh, um, Will Smith in Suicide Squad. Ah, mm. uh, yes. So yeah, it ends there. But there's a couple of other storylines going on. So Hogarth's storyline is... Oh my God, yes. This is so good. So she gets diagnosed with ALS, which is like a motor neurone disease. And this is not good for someone like her, who she likes to have complete control over her faculties and her body and her life and... And her partners. And her women. I was going to say her women. (laughs) And 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 literally everyone. Um, But that is being slowly taken away from her, she finds out. She's looking for some quick cures, um, but there, she's having to come to the realization that there isn't one. She's obviously doing what all wealthy Americans do and starting to look into various experimental therapies and dodgy things like that, which is never a good idea. No. On top of that, she's being pushed out of the company by the partners. They they smell money, so they're trying to push her out. And she uh, she and uh, hires Malcolm to try and get some dirt on them to try and stop them doing this. Um, on top of that, this nurse that Jessica Jones asks her to hide, Inez Green, um, cons her 
So she claims that someone else that IGH experimented on um, can he can heal people with his hands. So obviously Hogarth's like, woo. And so, but he's in prison. So Hogarth helps him get out of prison. Um, he then does his like wiggly, biggly, hoogly boogly stuff with his hands. And then when she's out, they because they have access to her flat, they steal a lot of all her stuff, basically. They just ran Did you see that coming? I I did see it coming, yeah. I must admit. I was like, this, I think this is a con. I don't think this is but I think that's a good thing because I feel like it sort of shows like we know it's a con, but she's mm-hmm. so desperate. And it's like normally she's so I don't know, scrupulous about the details. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to see her cave a little bit. It was so I mean it, Carrie Moss is so good in this, I think. And she conveys someone who has through her whole career, um, when some when when a, an opponent is vulnerable and down she will squeeze everything out of them. And now the situation's been reversed. She is at her most vulnerable. She doesn't see a future for herself and people are out to get her and she herself has lost everything. And it's interesting that they take her furniture um, and it's not about her finances, it's her furniture. And it's, I think it's because she, she very, openly when she's trying to get some of it back she's like I, I don't really care that much about where it's from how much it is that sort of thing all she seems to care about is the status symbol of it mm. and her flat her very beautiful flat full of very expensive things is like it's 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 a deliberate sort of intimidation for anyone who goes there someone who goes there is like oh shit this person means business yeah because she's got like a, I don't know a great big Ming vase or something like that you know <laughs> um, yeah, it's, a, it's like a shell almost yeah yeah and I think the there was something very symbolic about that furniture being taken because it's it's more it's very representative of what she's achieved on yeah. her own and she's very proud of that and it's not about the wealth it's about the status yeah. of it that's I what should. I got from that but um, she gets her own back she gets her own back in the only way Jerry Hogarth knows. She manages to convince um, the nurse that the man she was working with is conning her. Mm. So the nurse then, she even gives her a gun and is basically like, you know, just in case you need it. And the nurse does use it on the guy. So It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I feel like we talked about how Hogarth last season was another example of abuse. And you see her using those same tactics here. Yes. Even though you feel sorry for her, you're like, mm, mm, I don't know about this manipulation. And say, I, I was like, dodgy means, but I kind of enjoy it at the same <laughs> time. I was kind of like, yes, go. <laughs> you know, you know that old meme of like, um, uh, like <laughs> with, with gay men. When a man does something really bad and abusive, you're like, what a bastard. When a woman does it, you're like, yes, queen, work, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. I was like, she's done something entirely psychopathic. And I'm like, work. <laughs> it is super psychopathic as well. Like, just fudged the entire thing. I loved it. But yeah. Yeah. Of her. So yeah, that's Hogarth's storyline. And I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that was such an interesting dissection of her character. Just thinking about it, the 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 recurring theme, we've we talked about like recurring themes. I think you mentioned in The Punisher, there's like this recurring theme of like 
everyone's grieving in a certain way in the Punisher. In mm. this one, I, it's about control or yeah. agency, isn't it? Like everyone, every character is struggling to maintain control and agency over their lives in some way. Like Jessica is sort of being forced to be famous. Uh, she doesn't want to be famous. So she doesn't feel like she's in control of that. And obviously when she gets famous, all sorts of outside forces, both good and bad, are gonna start coming in and wanting a piece of her. Um, Trish wants more power, both physical and social, because she's not had much, which is why she le leads her to the drugs and wanting to get um, powerful thanks to Dr. Marlis and stuff like that. Um, Hogarth literally losing control because of motor neuron disease. Um, Malcolm is regaining more control by recovering from drug addiction and stuff like that. Um, Jessica's mum has no control over her emotions and is struggling with that. Um, and I guess Marla's trying to control her. Is that his his way of doing it? Um, Orocho, the neighbour, he's trying to rebuild his life after being in prison and trying to keep his, his young son with him as well. And even Cheng is trying to keep his status as the best PI in town. So everyone's kind of desperately trying to keep control of things and keep themselves in a good position but they're often resorting to violence immoral things illegal things in order to do it which leads to more chaos chaos is always fun mm. you also have um jessica's reckoning with like her past like she has that dealings of kilgrave pops back up doesn't it you know the hallucinations and that's very interesting too mm. for a lot of them it's stuff in the past that they're trying to build back from isn't it yeah drug addiction about demons yeah, yeah, like past demons, like, yeah, drug addiction, um, like uh, prison sentences, um, mm. a car crash. There's grief for her because she would have lost one of her children and her son and her other child as well. Like, even though Jessica lived, they were separated. Trish has obviously got a lot, <laughs> a lot of demons. I don't even need to pick one. Just all of them. All of the demons. All the demons are circling her. There's but a real Pandora's box situation with her, isn't it? So interesting because she's like the the pristine of the two sisters. You I mean you assume Jessica's the one who's having all the problems, but it just goes to show you can't tell what's going on on the inside of someone or behind the scenes. And also there the situation between them has kind of reversed. In the first season, Trish had it all together. She has the radio show, she has the money, Jessica's yeah you know, the kind of moody, grumpy sister who, um, you know, doesn't have much of a job, but doesn't care and is kind of a bit very emotionally detached. And then, but because Jessica has, her powers are now common knowledge and Trisha's um, uh, ratings are declining, there's been a flip in that mm -hmm. dynamic. And now Jessica's the one looking after her or trying to get her to do the right thing as well and I suppose that was Trish is probably aware of that and probably that's what leads her to even more chaos in her life but it comes to a relatively happy ending although with some things left hanging like Trish has some good reflexes now um, very good look at that little foot catching the phone I know I know so she's like she's like bloody hell it worked <laughs> um so I'm interested to see how that turns out um and obviously Malcolm now being a professional, um, Hogarth getting a lot more power and all that stuff. Um, Jessica is also like at the end of the season. It's, it seems like a happy ending because she, she and Oscar are sat together with his son and they're having dinner. It's like oh, very family, family. But she's lost her chosen family. Yes, yes, yeah. Because yeah, her and Trish have like have fallen out. 
We well, would, wouldn't you? It's yeah. hard to come back from that one. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, really, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> you shot my mum in the head. Mm. A bottle of wine together isn't going to solve that one, is it? I don't need to go to therapy. Hardcore therapy for those two. Um, they won't do it because they're rubbish at that sort of thing. They are. And Malcolm was obviously not happy of Jessica Reba, so she's lost him too. Yes, which is why he he is ends up employed by Cheng, the rival PI. Um, yeah. but also with her, like um her, her, him and Hogarth seem to have a bit of an arrangement. She's sort of like, I can call on you, and he's like, Yeah, you can you you well-paying woman <laughs> please call on me all the time please call on me a lot <laughs> so yeah really i thought just a really good enjoyable season as always um nice and tight as well not too long yeah yeah and uh enough gets concluded at the end but with some things hanging to make you want a bit more and yeah. and it all kind of makes sense and stuff there's no kind of like jumps in a narrative no kind of plot holes or anything i'm like by the end you're you got you're satisfied Right. Yeah. Do you want me to quiz you so you can? Do we do some quizzing? Yeah. yeah. Well, first question: What do you think it got on the rotten tomatoes? Something high. Let's go with ninety-four. It got eighty-two. Oh, ah. Oh. That's the critics, but weirdly, the audience didn't like it as much. It got sixty-six in the audience score. Really mm. interesting. Do you think they were expecting another season one with like Kilgrave and stuff like that? Maybe. I think it is hard, isn't it? Because he was such a big part of that first mm. season. And he's such a compelling character. And they obviously saw his name on the cast list. So they probably thought, oh, he's going to be in it. Because he is in an episode. Yeah. 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 But I also think a lot of, oh, it's just a presumptuous thing to say, but you'll see why I say it when we get to this point later in the podcast, I guess, at some mm. point. Not this podcast, just the general series. Yeah. Um, that female superheroes get a much harder time with audiences and critics than the males. Right. Well, yeah, yeah that's the thing. Anyone, anyone part of um, a social group that's not male, not white, not straight, not mm. cisgendered, there's a different standard sometimes, isn't there? And there shouldn't be. Yeah. You no. kind of want perfection at all times, don't you? Otherwise, yeah. you're like, oh, what? but it's it's enormous pressure and responsibility because if, if you're like you're the female superhero you're you've got you now represent all the female superheroes or what what limited number there are so yeah. yes do you remember what the the troubled <laughs> the troubled guy who encouraged jessica to investigate the fast moving guy yeah can you remember what his name was no <laughs> it was wizard he's been in the comics for a really long time he appeared in uh he like about as almost as long as Captain America. His name is Robert Frank in the comics, and he has a transfusion of mongoose blood to save him from the poisonous poison of a cobra, and that is how he becomes a superior. Mongoose bloods among yeah. among are they mongoose? Mon, are mongoose like <laughs> super fast? I don't know. I don't know about this. I, mean, I know that I know they don't. They're they're like poison free aren't they because they mm. attack snakes that's their big thing i don't know how fast they are i've never noticed surely like a cheetah blood or something you'd think so wouldn't you but then, but then you go into thundercats territory don't you <laughs> well, i mean he looks a little bit thundercatsy so yeah that's his story in the comics i'm glad they didn't go into it no i, I quite enjoyed they took a really famous superhero and just killed him off in one episode <laughs> yeah they were like this is stupid we're done jerry hogarth's um firm is connected to rand industries can you recall why that is a significant name because D- danny rand is um, one of their clients 
he's right. And in the, she's, well, he, Jerry Hogarth is a he in the comics, but his uh, first appearance is in the Iron Fist series. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. There was a little, a little nod. They there. do. I think they. She mentions Danny Rand at some point, and um, and Thingy from Daredevil has a scene, doesn't he? What was his name? Foggy. Daredevil's friends. That's it. Foggy, yeah. Foggy, foggy, foggy. Yeah. Did you um? What did you think of Oscar's artwork? Very lovely. He's a very talented artist. Do you want to know who did the artwork for the series? Uh, Frida Kahlo. Can you imagine? That would be a, that would be a very unique win. No, it's um David Back. So he does all the the covers for the Jessica Jones and Alias comics. Oh, nice! That was quite yeah. good. Did you spot Jessica Jones's middle name? No, I didn't. It was Campbell. So in the comics, Jessica Jones is originally Jessica Campbell. Her family's the Campbell family. Ah, and when okay. she's adopted, she's adopted by. Alyssa Jones. Ah, not, I see. He's not crazy and she doesn't have superpowers. But like the Campbells are killed in that accident and she becomes Jessica Jones. Ah, so it's a little nod to that. That's fun. Yeah. I like a little nod. We love a nod. Hmm. And do you remember what I told you about Trish the first time we did the podcast? Like um going back a little bit here. My I know it's it's, it's, like, it's like why might her powers be interesting? I don't know. So in the comics, she's a superhero, Hellcat. Hellcat. Ah. It's a fun one. Like when I went to buy the comics for that one, like no, you know, you can get quite glossy comics now. Mm. When I bought the Hellcat, it was like a proper paper, old-fashioned comic. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't think they've collated them all. Um, but yeah, her, she's not on drugs in the in the comics. She's oh, like right. a super, super suit, but she has got like. You know, great reflexes and stuff. Does she does she get the powers in a similar way in the comic books, or is it is it that she's power that she has the powers from the beginning? Well, no, she's got like a super suit and loads of training, so she's a bit more like an Iron Man, like ah, uh, or like a yeah, like Black Widow. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to know more about Trish's mum, whose name? Yeah. Can, you, can you remember her mum's name? Mm-hmm. Sandra. <laughs> Dorothy, she's appeared twice now in this episode for different reasons. Um, they, in the comics, she is a writer, and she turns like she she turns her daughter's life into a comic, like a romantic comic series, rom com. Oh right! Oh, interesting. Um, and then when she dies, she um, tries to sell her daughter's soul to a demon so she can be reborn. She's still <laughs> Oh, that escalated. <laughs> I know it goes from like, oh, I get, oh, I write a lovely romance and I sell your soul. <laughs> it reminded me of Gone Girl. I don't know if you've seen Gone Girl, where it's like Amazing mm. Amy and they like change their daughter's life. And of stuff. course, yeah, yeah. Doctor, do you remember the doctor's name? I feel like you have mentioned it. So Doctor Marlis. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in the superhero, in the superhero, in the comic books, he is he is a mad scientist of the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. He is Spider-Woman's nemesis. Ah, interesting. And he's very diabolical. <laughs> and he's very, very like um, goggles and uh, lab gloves and ah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's he? super evil in the comics. I love it. Yeah, what did you notice the relevance of the episode title, Three Lives and Counting? Three, uh, is, are these people that she's killed herself? 
Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? Because you assume Jessica's probably killed quite a few people in her career. Well, no, only- that's the thing, isn't it? They do, do when he, when she kills the prison guard, she's horrified by it because I can't think who the other one is, but she killed Kilgrave. But then that was, I mean, that was that was he was leading to that. <laughs> <laughs> he brought out himself, and it was Luke Cage's wife as well. Of course, yeah, but then she was she didn't have full control, did she? Um, yeah, mm. there's an interesting one because you kind of I think people forget that she doesn't kill. She's mm. not that sort of superhero. She, you know. But even the prison guard, it's an accident, isn't it? She, in a, she does it quite inadvertently. Um, yeah. So yeah. And it is. It's nice to have. It's nice to have. It is nice to see someone reckoning. Like I feel sometimes in superhero films people just kill and it's like oh no yeah <laughs> you've done instantly so it was nice to see her struggling with that because it shows that that is a big big deal she just be killing people. it's interesting she she comes across so kind of moody and unpleasant but actually there's i think christian ritter's really good at balancing that with that streak of like um, good moral compass mm. in her which is yeah and you've got that contrast with like Trish obviously killed her mum and her reaction is quite different. Mm. She's like, well, you weren't going to do it and it had to be done and blah, blah, blah. And it is yes. the, two, the flip sides of the coin there. Two key superheroes from the Avengers are mentioned or referenced in this series. Captain America. Yeah, so Oscar's son has that little Captain America toy. He does. That was it. Yeah. The Captain America is usually mentioned. <laughs> the vintage one as well is like his outfit when he was in the original first Avengers film. Oh. That's quite nice. Little nod. And nice. can you guess the second? Mm, Iron Man? No, it's Spider-Man. So they do that whole with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, that, old, that old chestnut. But I, I think I've told you before that like in the comic books, like Peter Parker and Jessica Jones go to high school together and she has a big crush on him. So. I remember now. Yes, you did say that. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why they, they nod to him in the in the book. Mm. And finally, where was Stan? Stan Lee. Where I was don't. He? I never know. Like, was he <laughs> was he on like a really tiny picture on a lamppost for a split second in episode three? It wasn't a tiny picture, but it was it was he was on a picture. So normally he's um, the police captain on all those posters mm. Irving or something and there's like time, a there's like an urban legend that's the same person and yeah. yeah yeah this time he's not he's not the police officer he's actually an attorney like a, a big legal attorney he's on a big poster at a bus stop oh I see or on a bus. oh is it one of those American attorney posters where yeah. like Stan Lee he'll get your money like that sort of that thing that kind of vibe yeah but mm. his, his name is Forbush 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 yeah <laughs> I don't know what that means um so yes that was my quiz it is shorter than normal I know but that's it's harder with tv shows because we've done them but before. highly enjoyable and educational as always so thank you you've got many answers right I, yeah. <laughs> right are you ready to find out what's next i'm very excited because i think i remember but please tell me i'm right prepare <laughs> yourself this is gonna be so good I am so excited and I, I haven't watched ahead. I'm saving this for when we've, we're literally right there. And now we are there. It's Avengers Infinity War. And have you seen any, like, do you have any idea what happens in this? No idea. I literally, <laughs> I genuinely 
have managed every now and then someone makes a reference to something on social media and it's still I don't quite un- I don't understand it enough for me to be like oh, that happens like it's yeah um but oh, I know it's a big deal because everyone everyone made a big deal about it when it came out so this will be yeah. so much fun okay I'm excited and you you already know about the infinity stones going in thanks to your lessons yeah that's the only that's the only thing I do know is it involves <laughs> infinity stones because it's called infinity war so I'm like wow must do unless unless that's that's a trick I don't know <laughs> imagine I was like hee hee there's no infinity stones it's a little red herring I made them all up <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that it'll be really fun one to watch let's do it right I'm going to leave now so I can I can watch it you've been listening to an episode of the Marvel Virgin if you'd like to join in the conversation you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin we hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact-filled episode